Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. We were together for 10 years. In a total blindside move, my husband at the time looks at me and goes, you know, I think I'm polyamorous. My sister and her best friend came over to visit. After they left, he told me that's who I want to be our girlfriend. How far would you go to make sure that your marriage worked? This week, we're talking to someone who said they were willing to share their husband in order to stay married. Hey, it's Abby. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. Seriously, during this interview, my jaw was on the floor. When I found out some of the things that led to this thruple ending, I had to pause, grab a glass of water, take a break, and get back to it. You can see where it's going, but you have no idea where you're headed. Hey, if you like this podcast and you want to check out some more bonus content, you can follow us on Instagram at Breakup Breakdown Podcast. And I always appreciate it when you leave a positive review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you want to jump to a certain part of the interview, there's timestamps in the episode description, along with the breakup submission form if you want to let me know about it couple you're curious about, your own breakup, or even a friendship breakup. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown with me, Abby. And Lexi. We are about to get into a submission about a very juicy divorce, I'm assuming. I like this new juicy word you've been using. Should I switch it up? No, I'm ki- I kind of like it. I'm ki- I, I like kind of... the hook, like juicy. Some people have the tea, we have the juice. Yeah, no, I'm about it. Last Breakup. year, at one point, we had the sauce. I know we had the sauce. We have the sauce, we have the juice. <laughs> we got it all. And the tea. What can't you get here? So, before before we get into the submission, I want to let you know that our monetary donations are going to a domestic violence shelter in Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa is in the top five of highest domestic violence rates in the country, so that's why I decided to choose this city. It's the capital of Iowa. If you feel compelled to donate, send your own money, send your own resources, your own time if you live in Des Moines, you can find the link to that shelter in our episode description. But now we're going to get into the submission. I got a submission from someone who was dying to know about a couple's divorce. So they had been together all through high school. They got together really young, and then out of nowhere, they get divorced. So they've been together for years, high school sweethearts, high school sweethearts. quick marriage, mm-hmm. and then boom, divorce. This submission also says, from what they can tell, the ex-wife has already moved on to a new city, and the ex-husband is dating one of her sister's best friends. So the wife's sister's best friend. The wife's sister's best friend. Mm-hmm. It's not just some rando. Yeah, and she's already moved out to another city. One could only think something was going on there. I wonder if she was at the wedding. I'm like, the <gasps> scandal. You know what I mean? Think about it. Literally, how do you stand before God, the universe, your friends and family with that person in the audience and then like run off with them or something? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, that makes you think if anything was going on at the time of the wedding. At the time of the wedding? At the time of the wedding. Well, have you ever, there's like stories like that where it's like people look through their old wedding photos and be like, oh yeah, like you see like my groom here, like, oh, and you see that bridesmaid, like, you know what I mean? They got together. Who do you know that has that story? And why are Apparently I'm not bringing them to the breakdown. Why are they not on this podcast? I mean, I'll have to. Next time I hear a story like that. Recently, I've heard a lot of stories like that. So of, of people you know? Of people I know. I guess. That's heartbreaking. Heartbreakers. Tune episode 17. Yeah. Later in the season, coming to you. To me, that tells me something was probably going on between the sister's best friend and this mm-hmm. guy. One kid only thing. But to what extent was it happening at the wedding? Did they meet after they got married and he was like, oh my gosh, this is my soulmate. Mm-hmm. We there's need- just no way it's coincidental. There's no way it's coincidental. Or Did- maybe, you know, to be honest, if we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
Which we don't. She might packed up, moved, and then he was like, I have to go find somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, what if he was close with this girl and maybe it was the wife running off? Right, maybe the wife ran off. You know, I know we don't usually, we don't pick a side here on the breakup breaks. Oh, yeah, we do. We're, we're, we're neutral. <laughs> we're Switzerland. We always pick a side. Well, I think it's time for us to find out and break down this week's breakup. So we met in ninth grade. I was a new kid. I met this guy that had the same sense of humor as me. That was so much fun. And he had this church group that he was a super big part of. And I found a friendship with him and it felt like I belonged in this group for the first time in this school. So come 10th grade, he was my best friend for a year. And then we started dating. And when we were in 10th grade and everything just fit together perfectly, it was wonderful. We went to the same church group. I spent holidays with his family half the time. He would come to my family half the time. It worked out so well. Worked out so well, in fact, that we were together for 10 years. And your relationship progresses into marriage? Absolutely. We get through high school. I go to the first two years of college in school. And then uh, I had a family member get sick. And so I left school to help take care of them. We ended up moving in together and got an apartment together and everything was going wonderfully. And we decided to get married at the ripe age of 20. I could not even drink the champagne I was served. Why did you guys decide to get married so young? Because at that point, we had been together for so long. It was like, why not forever? Where does your relationship go from there? In a total blindside move. One day, it was actually New Year's Eve. His best friend is sitting across the living room from us and we're all talking. And my husband at the time looks at me and goes, you know, I think I'm polyamorous. No warning, Mm -hmm. no other information. His best friend sitting across the room and he did it, hated conflict. He hated any type of conversation where he would have to talk about his feelings if he felt like somebody might not agree with him. He purposefully did this with his best friend across the room because he knew I wouldn't start an argument and I wouldn't ask for clarification if there was somebody else in the living room. And so I said, okay, let's unpack that later. My sister and her best friend came over to visit. My husband and her best friend met and apparently clicked. And after they left, he told me that's who I want to be our girlfriend. Up until the New Year's Eve where you were blindsided by this, you had no conversations or any inklings that he wanted this to be an open relationship. Not any at all. We were totally happy. I thought I was totally happy. Could have fooled me. We were totally fine. I'd never had eyes for anybody else. I am a strictly monogamous person. If I'm in a relationship with somebody, nobody else looks attractive. Nobody else catches my eye. Absolutely not. This is the only person that I've got eyes for. And it was him for a very long time. And so when he meets this girl and then they leave and then he tells me that's who I want. I, mind you, am straight. Love the LGBTQ plus community. My sister's a lesbian. I'm a huge ally. I'm not interested in women. Think they're great. Would love to go shopping with you. Don't want to date you. I said, you know, if this is what you want to do. He said, I don't think that I could continue to be in a relationship with you and not resent you if you don't let me try this. To me, this man was the end all be all of men. This was the epitome of a relationship. And I didn't want something that I thought that I was being small-minded about ended. Then it was my fault. I always thought of it as like, uh, in 40 years, we'll look back on this and tell our grandkids about the funny time that their grandfather thought that he was polyamorous and we had a girlfriend for a month. How cool is grandma for letting that happen? So you felt like you were doing right by him by letting him explore this within your marriage? Yeah. He wanted it to be three of us in a relationship. So he wanted a built-in threesome, essentially. Yes. A throuple, as I believe the kids are calling it. Okay. So you're thinking, okay, well, this is what I've got to do. I love this man. I want to be with this man. I want him to be happy. So if this is what it takes, I'm going to let this be our lives for however much longer this will last. What did that relationship start to look like? Are you guys going on throuple dates or is it just him with this girl and you're just kind of like there in the background? Yes, to both. We started out going on throuple dates. This was a man who in 10 years had never bought me a present that I didn't pick out and pay for and wrap for myself and put under the Christmas tree or put on the birthday table myself. When we very, very first started dating, 
in high school, he bought me a journal and that was the only thing that he'd ever bought me for me. I was a little surprised when the first time she was supposed to be coming over to our apartment, he went to Target and spent $180 on a little gift basket for her as a thank you for being our girlfriend. We're happy that you're here. Little like tchotchkes and blankets and things. That's what sorority bigs do for their littles. He was very, very welcoming in a way that I had never seen him be before. He was a better boyfriend to her than he had been to me in 10 years. Then one day he looks at me and says, there's nobody living in the guest room right now. So she's going to move in. And I was like, this is not a conversation. And he said, no, she's she's moving in. It's what's best for us financially. So now you have this girlfriend that you are trying your best to accept as your girlfriend. And now she has invaded your space is what I'm assuming it felt like. Yes. It's not just, okay, I can put up with this every other weekend. I get to see this face to face every single day. My husband and I had a little saying, we would say, if it's not the three of us, it's the two of us. Meaning it was me and him. At the end of the day, we were the end goal. We were the ones that were going to stay together. You're thinking, well, I also have to be in some kind of romantic relationship with her for this to work too. What did that look like? Because you said you're straight. So are you trying to force these feelings? Oh yeah, no, I'm straight, but I tried. Did all the things I was supposed to do. Consummated the relationship as you would one that you were sexually interested in. Trying very hard to be that person to have those feelings. I'd known her for years. She was my sister's best friend before all of this started. And so I had like a fondness for her because I knew her for so long. It wasn't a relationship fondness, but I was trying really hard. If there's one thing I can be, it's a good relationship partner. Where did the relationship progress from here now that she's moved in? It got really tense for a while of me trying my damnedest, doing everything I could do. It was to the point where we had a king size bed. She would sleep square in the middle. He would sleep on his side. I would sleep on my side and she would sleep square in the middle, firmly planted in between us. What great symbolism. That is how she was in real life and that is how she was in the bed as well. But I didn't get an arm around me or a cuddle for 10 years, but this girl got all wrapped up in his arms every single night. And it got to the point, and this is the saddest thing I will say, night after night after night for the three months that she lived there, they would sleep together in the bed that I was laying in and I would cry myself to sleep and they would tell me to either cry quieter or go to the living room because I was killing their mood. Killing their mood while they're having sex next to you. Yes. Oh my gosh. They were willing to do that in front of you. They did it 24-7. I have not seen a porn set with more sex than my apartment had in that three month span. I was not included in hardly any of it. Though I tried, I was told one time that it was a little bit repulsive when I kept inviting myself in. I thought this was supposed to be a thruple. What happened to the thruple? You were my internal monologue for three months. (laughs) I'm putting that on a t-shirt. What happened to the thruple? It wasn't. He's having sex with his girlfriend next to you. What's that experience like? Not one that I would recommend. Zero out of 10 stars, really. In another incredibly sad thing about this entire situation, looking back on it, it's a lot funnier than it was in the moment. But there were times that I was a sex translator, which is not something that exists in the real world and probably shouldn't. You know how you like dirty talk during sex? You're like, oh my God, that feels so good. Or you look so great right now or things like that. There would be times where they were in a position that wasn't advantageous to listening to each other. And so he would say something and she would say, what did you say? And then he'd say it again. And she'd say, what did you say? And then I would fill in that part for them. So imagine the scenario of your husband and 
than another woman having sex on the bed next to you in a position that did not require them to be face to face and crying mascara running down your face and being like he said your ass looks amazing right now over and over again for three months oh no (laughs) it was to the point where i would make them breakfast in the mornings and pack their lunches for them to go to work and they would have shower sets while i was doing that and the kitchen and the bathroom shared a wall so i knew exactly what they were doing i hate that for you the thought of having to sleep literally inches away from the person i married having sex with somebody else seems like the the seventh layer of hell yeah i didn't read that in dante's inferno but i'm sure it was in there at this point like if i'm you like the second they start having sex next to me like i'm out of there so are you staying in this relationship do you want out like what's happening next i could see that we were on a downward spiral but there were two events coming up that i thought were going to help the first one she was going away on a vacation with her family we were finally going to have some time just me and my husband and i thought finally he'll see me and i'll be like wow she's charmed the pants off me again she is a delight to be around this is why i married her and then the girlfriend will come back and we'll ask her to move out together and we'll be standing all triumphant in our living room and have a glass of wine the second event was my birthday was coming up in a couple of months my sister's birthday is just a little bit ahead of mine so we usually celebrate them together and my family was going on a trip for both of our birthdays and my sister was bringing her girlfriend and i was going to bring my husband and it was going to be the two of us around my family having fun i thought if i can get through those moments and i can look at him in the face the face that i have looked at for 10 years and he can see me and know that i am trying but this is not working he'll pick me one i'm funny and two we have been together for 10 years we have made the roadmap to this relationship we have made the work for this long like obviously he's gonna pick me so she goes to the beach and i'm like this is my shot i do all of the things i buy me lingerie i shake my legs i'm going for it he's not interested she and i get into a fight on facetime while we're there so you were on facetime with the girlfriend while you were trying to seduce your husband no after so we were on facetime that night <laughs> Okay, Sorry, so fr- fresh, I was about to say, I'm like, that's a thruple, yes. that's a thruple thing if I ever heard one. So, <laughs> so if you just thruple things, so you and your husband, you're like in the, all the lacy things, you're laying in bed and you're now on FaceTime with honey and you get in a fight about what? I'm in all the lacy things. I'm trying to make this work. He calls her because he's not interested in me. And he's like, oh, I miss her. I'm going to call her. So he calls her and they're on FaceTime. It is found out that her ex is still talking to her. The ex that she told me absolutely demolished her heart and is the reason that she can't trust woman and it's the reason that she's so guarded in her relationship with me and why she and I aren't working out. And so I get upset and I'm like, you know what? This isn't playing with fire for you. You get to have fun and just mess around. It doesn't have any great impact on your life, but this is my marriage. This is my whole life. This is everything I have worked for in my life. I've been with this man since I was a child. Like this is everything I've ever wanted. And I don't get to just mess around with this. I don't get to say, oh, my ex broke my heart, but I'm still going to talk to her. And that's why I can't talk to you, but I'm still talking to her. I don't get to do that. I don't have that availability. So I said, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm not going to think about this. So I take off the fake eyelashes and all of the lacy things and I get in the shower and I come out to him sobbing on the phone with her. I had seen him cry twice. One of them was at his grandfather's funeral. The other time I think was watching Marley and me. So I get out of the shower and he is full on tears, full on sobbing. And I'm wrapped up in a towel and I sit on the side of the bed and he gets down on his knees in front of me on the floor, puts his hand on my knee and looks up at me and says, don't make me choose between 
between you and her. It's too difficult of a decision. Don't make me choose. Don't break up with her because that would mean that I would have to choose. In that moment, how did you respond? I didn't at first. And I said, I need a minute. I need some time. They continued talking. He did not hang up the phone with her to come and talk to me and talk about all of this. I went to the living room, found something to watch on the TV. I ignored him for a little bit, which should have confronted it head on, but wasn't ready for that. The next day we talked about going to marriage counseling. And he said, I think we need to go to counseling. And I said, I am not about to pay a therapist to tell me that I need to leave you. So at this moment, you've decided, wait, I actually need to get out of this. What was it about that situation that you think made that click for you? I think it was seeing the look on his face and knowing that if you're not going to pick me, if it's going to be that hard of a decision, then you weren't going to pick me in the first place. Then it was never going to be us at the end of the day. It was supposed to be, if it's not the three of us, it's the two of us. And if in that moment, you won't look at me and say, you know what? You're right. That's a messed up thing she did. I'm with you hundred percent. We're in this together. I can live without her. I can't live without you. If it's not that, I don't want it. And it wasn't that. He still says that he wants to make it work. I am too fair of a person. We have far too many chances. So I think maybe since she's gone the rest of this week, we'll make it work. So we go on a date and we say, we're not allowed to look at our phones. We're not allowed to text other people. It's just supposed to be me and you. And we go to our favorite place and we go on a nice date. And I think we're having a great time. And I get back to the apartment and put my leftovers in the fridge and everything. And he's immediately on the phone with her telling her like, it was okay, but I miss you the whole time. It was heartbreaking. And that lasted longer than it should have. A few weeks later, my sister and her girlfriend are in town because it's now the night before we're going on the trip with my family. My sister and her girlfriend are in town. And then my husband and his girlfriend are sitting next to each other on the couch. I have to sit on the floor because there's no more seats in the living room. I've made everybody dinner. We're all talking and hanging out and they are very obviously texting each other. You know that person, you're sitting next to them on the couch at a party and you text them and they look at you and they're like, Abby, why did you just text me to go to the kitchen? This was that. One of them would pick up their phone, type something furiously, put it down and then look at the other one. And the other one would pick up their phone, type something, put it down and then look back. The worst kinds of people because it makes the entire room uncomfortable. And so at this point, my family, everybody in my family thought that she was just the roommate. She was my sister's best friend who had wanted to move to this town. And so she became our roommate. So my sister and her girlfriend are sitting across from us in the living room, watching my husband and our roommate sit next to each other on the couch, closer than a married man should sit to another woman. He is not even making eye contact with me anymore. And they are furiously texting each other back and forth. And my sister is like sending sister telepathic communication to me. What the hell's going on here? And I had nothing to say. So I was like, let's go to bed. Good night. So this was a secret from your family. Oh yeah, still is. Why was it a secret? Oh, because this is the most embarrassing situation I've ever been in in my life. And this was the worst judgment calls I've ever made. Pride myself on being a pretty smart cookie. And I wasn't in these situations. And that is my cross the bear, my thing to live with. And nobody really needs to know. I'm curious why your husband was okay with it being a secret if he was truly, as he's putting it, polyamorous. I think he knew deep down what he was doing was not right and wasn't the way that it should have been done. And so my sister and her girlfriend sleep in the roommate's room. The roommate has to sleep on the couch, which she is very upset about because now my husband and I get to sleep in our own bedroom without her in the middle of us for the first time. I'm thinking, oh, he's so snuggly with her. Like he's going to cuddle with me and it's going to be so great. He immediately turns the opposite direction and is like, I just miss her so much. I'm going to go out and see her. 20 minutes after we're supposed to be in bed, he sneaks out to go talk to her for two hours in the living room. The next morning comes my husband's in the shower and I tried to pay our car payment online and it is not working. You know what? I'm just going to go pay it on the computer. So I go into our bedroom and I open up his laptop, which is the laptop that we use for everything. And it is a MacBook and he has an iPhone, which means that they are paired. And I was a nosy Nelly and I'm usually very good at respecting boundaries and not snooping and not going to people 
people's personal property. The text messages filtered in from the night before. And I was curious about what was so important that they could have been talking about. So I opened them. Eternally glad I did because I found messages that said, if she comes back from this trip thinking y'all are still together, I'm not sleeping in the bed anymore. And this has already taken so much longer than you said it would. Why is she still here? And so I went out to the living room. The girlfriend was in her bedroom getting ready. And I looked at my sister and her girlfriend and I said, he's not coming on the trip with us. So we need to leave and we need to leave now. And he walked out of the shower to me unpacking his things from the suitcase. And it was in that moment that it clicked for me that like, this will never be about you. You will never be part of this relationship again. You held on for too long. And so he comes out of the shower and he sees me unpacking. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And I said, you're not coming on this trip. You're not coming on any trip. I'm going to go. I'll be gone for four days. I'll come back. I'll pick up my things. And then I'll mail you the divorce papers. It's over. That must have have taken so much courage. I would love to say I said it while not crying, but I don't want to lie to you. It was miserable. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know what I was going to do. My mom didn't have a guest bedroom at this point. She converted it into a home office because everybody's working from home now. My sister lived in a one bedroom apartment. I had a dog and every other family member I had was allergic to them. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I went on this vacation with my family. And I remember we texted my family group chat and just said, hey, if you guys are still buying groceries and stuff for this trip, because it was a four hour drive until we got there, just know he's not coming. When you told him that you weren't coming back, did he just take it? Did he put up a fight? Oh, there was no fight. He said, I think we both know that this is a long time coming. And I said, I thought that if it's not the three of us, it's the two of us. And he said, I never intended for that to mean you and me. I can't even believe he said that to you. To my face. And I remember staring at him and saying, everything that you are going to continue to surround yourself with, your driver's license that you use every day, the job that you go to, that I got you, the house that you live in, the couch that you sit on, the food, the leftovers that you're going to eat for this weekend that I made for her to eat while we were gone. I made all of it. And you were perfectly content with taking 10 years of my life that I devoted to making you as comfortable as possible and saying, you know what? I'm good with this. I don't need you anymore. You've made this good for me. I'm done. All of the responsibilities that came with keeping up with an apartment, with cleaning, things like that. I mean, he didn't lift a finger in that house. He threw that part away because he didn't want it anymore. I go on the trip that weekend and I come back and they have packed up all of my things. So they were ready. They were, they were like, she's willing. Let's get her out. He was prepared for me to be out of there as soon as possible. Fun fact, apparently when your husband has a type and finds a girlfriend that is the exact same shape and size as you, and then you decide to set your own boundaries for the first time in your life and leave, it means that she gets to take any article of clothing that she likes better. That was not included in the marriage. What's yours is not hers. Apparently it was. I had had this large selection of clothes. I did a smidgen of photo shoots back in my younger days and had lots of clothes from the sets and things like that from them. And when I came back, I had a suitcase, a duffel bag that had all my shoes in it, my dog, a box of dishes that were my grandparents' wedding set they gave to me when I got married. And that's it. That was it. And where did you take it? Because you said you had no place to live. Thankfully, my grandfather had just given us his truck. And so I packed everything into the back of his pickup truck and went to my sister's house. And I bounced around from friend to friend. I found myself up north, lived with some of my best friends, made some of my best memories. Everybody was so wonderful and helping me get back on my feet. And then the world slowly started to open up. I found a new job and moved to a brand new city. Is he still with the girlfriend? As far as I know. The 
audacity. As and far as I know, they are still together. I've spoken to him a couple of times. The first week that I moved out, it was strange for me because we spoke every day. So it was really hard for me not to talk to him all the time. So I called him a couple of times in that first week and I shouldn't have, but I did. When I talked to him, he said, in all honesty, I was trying to make you as uncomfortable as I could to get you to leave. Because I asked him, I said, so you guys are still together, right? And he said, yeah. At first, he tried to tell everybody that they weren't still together. They were just roommates. So what does your family think the story is with this guy? I'm assuming they know that he's dating the roommate. My family and the world understands it as my sister knows the truth. I told her the truth on the way up to the trip. Some of my closest friends know the truth. And my current boyfriend knows the real story. The rest of the world thinks that we were fine. Everything was great. She moved into the apartment. And then I went to go pay the car payment on my phone that day. Went to the computer instead. Text messages from her popped in. I read them and it was evident that they were in a relationship. And so I left, which is close to the truth. So he's still with this chick and you, I'm assuming, mailed him the divorce papers and that relationship is done. You haven't spoken to him since. And now you have a new man in your life. Your life was so closely intertwined with this guy for 10 years. If I'm you, I'm thinking, well, I need to swear off men for like a a hot second. Where was your head after this relationship ended? Immediately after it ended, I said, I am finding myself. I've never not been in a relationship. And then I downloaded Tinder. (laughs) One of the last things he said to me to my face was, it took me 10 years to find somebody prettier than you. I'm with her because she's prettier than you. That should be a compliment that it took me so long. That breaks my heart for you. Nobody deserves to ever, ever have that said to them. I downloaded Tinder almost immediately because I was like, I need the validation of other people and I shouldn't have needed it, but I needed it. And in all honesty, it was a game. It was a, let's see how many matches I can get. Let me put all my cute pictures on here and have boys tell me I'm cute and then never speak to them. That sounds like a great time to me. It's my favorite game. It was so much fun. And I was so jealous of all my friends when I was in a relationship for 10 years that would come over to my house and we'd sit on my couch and I'd be like, yes, yes, no, you're better than that. Yes, 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 yes. It was so much fun. And now I got to do it. And then immediately realized that I was not ready for it. Was not ready to be in a relationship. I was not ready to have like flirty conversations with these people. Even though I was the one who left, I was still so in love with him. Why were you still in love with this man? Because it was all I had ever known. I couldn't imagine being in love with someone else. I couldn't imagine waking up and wanting to talk to somebody else in the mornings. It was him. It was only ever him. And he had convinced me through years (laughs) of emotional and psychological logical abuse that he was the only one that would settle for me. All of these things that I didn't realize until I was out of the relationship. You can't see the forest for the trees when you're in it, you know? When you wear rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. Yeah, isn't that Bojack Horseman or something? I, I think so. I think so. Uh, the, the, great, the great, one of the philosophers. <laughs> the great philosopher Bojack Horseman. You were still getting over your feelings for your ex-husband, which is understandable. You were with him for so long. How did you work through those? And then how did meeting this person close everything out? I have the best group of friends the entire world. They're girls that I went to high school with, girls that I went to college with, the best, most loving group ever. And when this happened, they all knew that a founding part of my personality was this relationship. And another founding part of my personality was my job. Suddenly I didn't have either of those things because it was COVID and the world was closed. So they all rallied around me, decided that they were going to make sure no matter what time of day I had somebody talking to me because I was not used to having my phone just be empty of notifications. We were doing movie nights once a 
week and we were doing game nights and, you know, Among Us was really big at this time before it got taken over by bots. And so we were playing Among Us on Discord every night. We were in new D&D groups because I'm a giant nerd. We were doing everything every night, everything that we could. And I had a friend. We'd been friends before and then we kind of fell out of touch and then we became friends again. He decided to be part of this group and really integrate himself in. And pretty soon everybody else started falling away and he took every one of those time slots. And we spoke night and day. I would say up until four o'clock in the morning talking to him on the phone. And we talk about everything. And he was the first person that I felt like that spark for. And the first person that like, I woke up in the morning and I was not like, why doesn't my husband love me anymore? Why am I now divorced and sad and everything? But I woke up and I was like, I'm a whole person all by myself. And I wonder how this other person is doing. It was wonderful. I found that I'm now incredibly afraid of someone cheating on me because I watched somebody fall in love with someone else directly in front of my eyes and fall out of love with me simultaneously. If I'm ever worried about that with him, he's like, you don't have anything to worry about. You can look at anything. We can talk about whatever. He's so reassuring and wonderful. At the end of the day, as horrible as the breakup was, it gave the opportunity for something so much better to happen. So if you're ever in a situation and you think getting out of this is going to suck, it is. It's going to suck really, really bad. But you don't get to do anything better until you do the sucky part. Yeah. And that's true for pretty much everything in life. You mentioned something I think a lot of people can relate to where if you've been in a relationship, especially from such a young age for such a long time, you don't know anything different. What would you say to that person who relates to that? What would you say is the defining difference between the relationship you're in now and your marriage? In my marriage, I did everything for him. Every decision that I made was, would he like this? Is this what he wants from the grocery store? I remember grocery shopping for my first time when I was in my own apartment, when I moved to this new city and didn't know anybody. I went all the way around the grocery store and ended up at the checkout line and looked down at my cart and went, all of this is things that I would have bought for him. I would solely do things for the purpose of making his life more comfortable and easier. And in this relationship now, I am an individual person and he is an individual person. And we do things to make ourselves happy, but also benefit the other's life. And his needs don't come before mine and my needs don't come before his. We can handle ourselves and then work together for the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect example of two healthy people creating a healthy relationship. You mentioned that he was a friend before all this romantic stuff happened. Did you ever have a thing for him? Did you ever kind of have like a lingering crush? As I mentioned, if I am in a relationship with somebody, I don't have a thing for other people. My brain does not work that way, which is why it was laughable that I ever thought I could consider being polyamorous. It won't work. I cannot look at another person and be like, wow, I want a bone in. He's incredibly attractive. And I say this knowing full well that you've seen my Instagram. So, you know, I'm not lying. He's real. I don't know how I did it. Can confirm. This is an upgrade. Well, I don't, I don't know what your ex looks like, but I'm going to say it's an upgrade anyway. Oh, it's an upgrade. It's a big upgrade. I'll send you a picture later. Well, um. the, it's, a, it's an upgrade purely from the fact that this man treats you well. And that yes. to me is the biggest thing of all. So, you know, I always was like, that's an attractive person. But in the kind of way that if you see somebody walking down the street, you're like, they could probably model. Yeah. But not like, man, I want to jump his bones, you know? And you, they have an objective attractiveness that you can appreciate, but you don't have like a visceral reaction right. to. It's incredible that you've been able to have a, a healthy relationship. Like it's just, I can't fathom the trust issues you've had to work through, but now it doesn't even, not that it doesn't matter, but now you have this beautiful relationship to show for the fact that you had the bravery and the courage to walk away from that man who did you so wrong, who I guess, so now has, he, I guess now he's found his person. So I guess we have to be like happy for that. But my thing is now if, if someone's listening to this and is like, wow, I relate to that story, or maybe they're going to find themselves in this position at some point, like 
like what's advice you would either give to your past self or to that person that's listening? So I think one of the big things that made me see how wrong it was is I'm a big reader. And I thought if I am reading a book and this is how the main character is acting, I would be screaming at her to leave. You are in one of those situations and you're like, you're being gaslit to the heavens saying it's not as bad as you think it is. You're just not trying hard enough. You're not doing enough. Look back and think if this is all written down and you're reading it from a third person perspective, how are your actions coming through? Would you be screaming at the character of yourself to walk out of the door? And if so, walk out of the door. Because I promised you as scary and as terrifying and as horrible as you think it is on the other side of that door, it is not worse than listening to your husband fuck somebody else while you're crying. Ain't that the truth. Mic drop moment there. <laughs> that's, wait, that's so crazy that you think in those terms too, because when I am dating guys, I always picture like if our love story was getting written right now, how would I feel about this? And so right. like if they do something wrong, I'm like, well, if I read that on the page, I'd, I'd be burning that book. I'd be putting it down. And right. it's like, you have to like put yourself as the main character in your own story and think, right. would I fight for this person? Like, what would I want this main character to do? Right. And you have to think about like, am I still readable? Yes, this was good for the plot at the end of the day. Am I still a character that I would want to sit down and have dinner with? Because at the end of the day, I want to be somebody that I like. If I can't sit down with myself for 20 minutes, I am not worth it. And I need to get out of the situation that's making me act like that. Become the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with so that you can also enjoy life with another person who enjoys spending time with themselves. Absolutely. Another great philosopher we've mentioned, Bojack Horseman, RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Be sure to tune into Thursday's breakdown bonus episode to hear Stacy and Alicia from the Trashy Divorces podcast make commentary and chat with me about this week's episode. And on Tuesday, we have another episode coming out that involves a Facebook comment section fight and an engagement ring with an unfortunate inscription on the inside. I'll see you then.